Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. President Biden's approval ratings take a major hit as the chaos in Afghanistan continues. We'll take a look at the latest spin from the administration. Plus, a little later, a huge victory in the fight to secure the southern border. The Supreme Court orders the administration to reinstate Trump's remain in Mexico policy. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. The Biden administration is having a tough one. That much is obvious. Multiple crises piled on top of each other. Unavoidable, uh, obvious crises. I mean, the kind of things you look at, you say, how could any administration think that it would be considered competent, that it would be considered successful or even mediocre based on what's going on? Well, that's really starting to catch on with a solid majority of the American people. There's a USA Today Suffolk University job approval poll for Biden, 41% approving, disapproved 55%. Those are very rough numbers for the first year of a presidency, especially a presidency that is coming out of the first year of a pandemic when you'd think that the momentum economically and just the sense of things getting better from the pandemic would push a lot of people to think the future was bright. But no, as we can all see, It's looking pretty disastrous right now with Joe Biden in charge. And the biggest issue, we could talk about the border, we could talk about uh, crime in cities, the economy, inflation. But the one that's seizing the attention of the American people right now is the evacuation uh, that is underway right now in Kabul. Here is Pentagon spokesman John Kirby saying evacuation is not completely in our control. Outside of that, the Taliban have set up checkpoints. We've talked about this before. And we are in daily communication with Taliban commanders about who we want to see get in and what the credentials are, what they look like, what's valid. Uh, and that, that, com- that communication happens literally every day. We have been uh, nothing but open with uh, the Taliban about uh, who we expect them to let in. Uh, again, fully recognize that it's uh, — that uh, — that, that uh, not every step of this process is in our firm control and that there are going to be instances where uh, it doesn't work as advertised. No, in fact, large pieces of this process are in the hands of the Taliban. 
That's the reality, including the timeline that we're working with now that says that we have to be out. U.S. military must be gone by August 31st. Essentially, pack up Kabul International Airport, destroy any equipment you can't take with you, and you're out, you're gone. The Taliban is at that point in full control of this country. So is that even possible? Can we get out all the Americans that we're trying to evacuate by the 31st of August? Here is a Pentagon spokesman again, John Kirby, saying they don't even know how many Americans are there. Two quick questions. Um, I think yesterday you did put out a statement saying about 4,000 Americans have been evacuated. That's correct. Um, is there an updated number? And do you have the sort of base number, how many have to be evacuated now? It's uh, right now today north of 4,400. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have a, a specific uh, number of total uh, Americans that, uh, that uh, are still in need of, of, uh, of leaving. I don't have that. They don't know. They don't know. Does anyone really think that we're going to be able to get out a number that is not even a number we can determine right now? Every single American looking very unlikely. We certainly hope that the Biden administration will pull it off. Do we think it's possible for them to do so? Maybe. At best, it's possible. Certainly looking very unlikely. Then you have to add into this that while there are only a handful of days left here to get out these uh, Americans, there's also considerable concerns about the security situation at Kabul airport. There was reporting today of a credible and specific threat stream of a possible terror attack on the crowds that have massed around Kabul airport. This is an enormous soft target. There's very little that could be done or would be done to protect these people if, in fact, a terrorist element decided to create a mass casualty attack. Could be al-Qaeda, could be ISIS in Khorasan, any number of different groups, just to sow chaos and destruction and add to a level of, uh, add a, a level of tragic loss to the humiliation we are currently suffering in Afghanistan. Here's Obama's DHS secretary, former DHS chief, uh, Jay Johnson, saying that things are definitely going to get worse at Kabul airport. And I, I believe that the situation at the airport is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. This is a country of 38 million people. We've got to deal with the, the American citizens, those who qualify for special uh, immigrant visas, but then those who will also qualify for refugee status under our laws. And that population could snowball. Refugee status. So there's definitely a push here to expand the numbers of the evacuated. There are first Americans who we owe and must get out and do everything we can to keep safe in this whole process. Then there's the SIV holders. And then there are Afghans who just want to leave, who want to be refugees, different tiers of those who are trying to get out of the country. Uh, this is clearly a mess. It's a nightmare for many. The reports from on the ground uh, make it very clear that this is chaos at the airport, that there are people who are being put in dangerous situations to get there. And then even while they're at the airport, having to suffer through some pretty horrendous conditions, but Jen Psaki is out there saying, oh, the airport evacuation thing we're doing, big success, says the Psaki. Is there any concern that maybe trying to reach this deadline and get everybody out, uh, mistakes are being made now that there is a report that at least one of the Afghans 
evacuated to Qatar uh, has suspected ISIS ties? Well, first I would say we have a stringent vetting process which includes uh, background checks before any individual comes to the United States. Uh, so I can't speak to one individual, but I can tell you and, and confirm for you that we take the vetting of any individual who comes to the United States and, and comes out incredibly seriously, um, and it's an extensive process. Uh, I would say that this is now on track, Peter, to be the largest airlift in U.S. history. Uh, so, and that is a, a bringing American citizens out, it is bringing our Afghan partners out, it is bringing allies out. Uh, so no, I would not say that is anything but a success. Anything but a success. This is the same woman who earlier this week said that no one was stranded in Afghanistan. And people looked at her like, are you out of your mind? Or are you just lying to see what you can get away with? We have a crisis that is only looking like it is going to get worse as the time runs out here in Afghanistan. Even some Democrats are recognizing that. Here's Representative Andy Kim, who's straight up saying, he's a Democrat, saying Biden's not going to be able to finish this evacuation by August 31st. This effort is one that has certainly led me to believe that, that the mission is not something that we can accomplish by the end of this month. And I strongly, urgently urge the president to reconsider uh, his uh, continued uh, aim towards August 31st to be able to get uh, our mission done. We will not be able to get our mission done by that time uh, based off of what I've seen and based off of what we've experienced so far. All right. With less than a week before the August 31st deadline, thousands of U.S. citizens remain in Afghanistan. We come back, Marine veteran and founder of All Things Possible Ministry, Victor Marks, joins us to discuss his organization's efforts to help Americans get home safely. But let's talk about the crypto market. Everybody wants to get into crypto, right? I mean, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all these digital tokens, but people don't know where to start. That's where my digital money comes in. This is an easy to use self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge level customer service. They also offer you an unparalleled military grade security for coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities, a play money account, so you can test the market without risking your money. And the crypto market is heating up right now. So this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment in a long time. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. Victor Marks, the founder of All Things Possible Ministries, joins us next. Right now, it seems, the president is doubling down on this August 31st withdrawal date, despite strong bipartisan opposition and pushback. Make no mistake, if we get out on August 31st, we are going to condemn thousands to death. I don't care what secret side deal was struck with the Taliban. This is America. We don't leave anybody behind. But it appears that's exactly what we're doing. That was Representative Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin making an impassioned plea for the U.S. to ignore the August 31st deadline, which is just six days away, and instead maintain our presence until all American citizens are evacuated. At this point, it seems highly unlikely the thousands who remain in Afghanistan will be ever to exit in such a short time frame. Joining me now is Marine veteran, a veteran and founder of All Things Possible Ministry, Victor Marks. His organization is assisting those still on the ground. Victor, good to see you. You too, Buck. All right, so you understand the logistics of this in a very personal way, and you know what's happening on the ground in, in and around Kabul right now. What do you make of this August 31st deadline? Is there any realistic chance we could get everybody out in time? 
None. Absolutely none. It's it's that simple. Uh, you know, we're tracking with our network and teams on the ground and with the coalition that we're working with, very small, getting small numbers of people out. But I, I can tell you, between the airport actually being shut down, the gates being closed, uh, the Taliban just within hours ago stopped all traffic uh, toward the airport, uh, except for U.S. citizens, supposedly, uh, and the gates are still closed. It is absolutely a death sentence for, for thousands coming upon us. What are you hearing right now about those on the ground trying to get out? What's the situation like for American citizens, SIV holders, green card holders? What's going on? Well, we're here at our operations center. Uh, monitoring and facilitating this. And we're talking directly to those trying to get out. People are scared with good reason, with very good reason. It, the likelihood of, of them getting out before the deadline is, is about 0%. Again, very few are getting out. Um, and then even one of our host countries that were taking our planes that we were using uh, to move people stopped the flow and said, that's enough here. And so we had to pivot, thank goodness for relationships with solid people and organizations. And, and we've getting, we've just been granted the option to go into a couple of other places. But it's, I'll tell you, people are scared, uh, hungry. Uh, everything has stopped. It's, I, I try to tell folks, it's like going to the DMV to get your license and there's 40,000 people outside. And it is a matter, it's a matter of life and death. So I, I, I'll tell you what, a big shout out to our military personnel who are just doing the deal. And, um, and, and really, there's a level of suffering because they can't, they can't enact a, a proper NEO, uh, non-combative evacuation operation, because the State Department has it. And the state has, the state has all but seized up. To me, I mean, you know, we, we've done stuff all over the world. We've been active in uh, facilitating women and children getting freed from ISIS the last five years and all, and still working in that space. This is one of the most unbelievable debacles, all based on one thing, in our opinion, the actual administration and President Biden not doing the right thing. Victor, what are you hearing from your contacts on the ground in Kabul that I know you're, you're in constant communication with about what the Taliban and the, the Taliban checkpoints specifically are doing here? Are they letting all Americans through? Are some with U.S. passports still being turned back at the Taliban checkpoints? Are they letting through Afghan SIV holders? They've said publicly, the Taliban has said publicly that they wouldn't despite entreaties from the Biden administration just what's going on with these checkpoints? Yeah, well, I can tell you with certainty, on all checkpoints, all Afghans are being turned around. Uh, turn around, doesn't matter if they have an SIV or not. The only thing they're supposedly letting through is U.S. citizens. But our guys on the ground, there's, there's not people pouring in that are U.S. citizens. It is, it is just, awful stand standoff that um is only going to get worse as time goes 
you U.S. citizens, there's thousands. They're scared to move. Afghans, you know, there's one. I'll tell you something that is just today. Uh, the Taliban has been directing Afghans with SIVs to go to a hotel uh, for processing. And that hotel is actually, they're taking them and they're beating them and they're torturing them from what we hear. Reports on the ground and keeping them there. It is, it's getting, it's going from bad to worse. And again, the only answer for immediate is the president to allow the DOD and our military to do a proper NEO, which is what we've been telling people, hashtag NEO now, to try to create a, a social media firestorm to get the president to move. What would that look like if the president did that? Oh my gosh, first of all, our military would be ecstatic because we have incredible warriors there, leaders, generals on the ground with the 82nd Airborne and the Marines that would, that would immediately start to be able to use their helicopters to go out and pick up American citizens, bring them back in, start running convoys to checkpoints to get American citizens. And if at any point the Taliban decided they wanted to get silly, uh, we would overwhelmingly hurt their feelings. And what is your organization, Victor, doing right now to help? And, and how can anyone help you out in that process as well? Uh, thank you. I, I think uh, at, at the beginning of this, we got a call from a, a former Navy SEAL, one of our security guys. His wife is from Afghanistan. And it took us five days and several tries to facilitate getting them out. And we did. And um, we've been helping facilitate, again, through our network and uh, a coalition to get people out in large numbers. And then it all just dried up right now. There's no air traffic going out. But we're, we're reaching people that are in. We're helping Christians that are actually even deciding to stay because of their faith. And we're going to try to help them with the basic necessities of food and water and medical. We're going to continue to move this from air to ground campaign to get people out on the long term. And then we're tracking with, I mean, just yesterday we handed out supplies and clothing to about 2,000 Afghans that are actually here in the U.S. already. So we're looking at it from beginning to end and facilitating all we can to get those to safety, encourage those that are still staying there, and then helping those when they get into their final destination. Victor, thank you for your work on this and come back and let us know how it's going. I appreciate your time. You bet. Big victory for uh, proponents of border security this week as the Supreme Court ruled that the president uh, must reinstate the Trump administration's remain in Mexico policy. Could this help stem the tide of illegal immigrants flowing into the country? We'll ask the Center for Immigration Studies' Mark Krikorian when we come back. Right now, let's talk about a possible investment opportunity. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own and you didn't want to make rookie mistakes? I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I've always loved the idea of real estate investments, but I didn't want to get involved without someone guiding me. That's when I met my friends at Done For You Real Estate. They took all of the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me. And now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, every step of the process from picking the city, the house, getting the loan set up, getting a tenant in place, and a management company to help you handle the whole thing. Just go to doneforyoubuck.com to see what my friends can do for you. That's doneforyoubuck.com to begin your real estate investment journey today. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another loss for the Biden White House. Late last night, the Supreme Court reinstated a Trump-era immigration policy ruling against the administration's plan to repeal the Remain in Mexico policy. So what does this mean for asylum seekers and the escalating border crisis? Let's ask Executive Director for the Center, of Immig- uh, Center for Immigration Studies, Mark Krikorian. Mark, thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. So this ruling is a, is a blow to the Biden agenda of, of open borders. Uh, how specifically will it affect the crisis, though? What, what's it actually going to do in the, in the meantime? Yeah, well, we're, we'll see because, uh, you know, the judges, both the lower court judges and ultimately the Supreme Court said that they couldn't just end the Remain in Mexico program that required so-called asylum seekers to wait on the Mexican side of the line for their hearing date rather than just be let go into the U.S. Um, but, you know, the Biden administration would have to actually do it. And what are they going to what are the judges going to do if they don't or if they slow walk it? or if they call Mexico quietly behind the scenes and say, please object to this and prevent us from doing it, because Mexico has to go along, because we're sending these people who are not Mexicans back into Mexico to wait for their hearing date. So I don't, there's actually two ways it could go. The first way is like I suggested, they try to subvert the court ruling by trying to get Mexico to balk and say no. The other way is, that they will go along in order to be able to tamp down what's going on on the border without angering their left-wing constituencies uh, and congressmen who are supporters, because they can say, "Look, we tried, but you know the court. The courts have spoken. We have no choice but to restore this program. We hate it as much as you do, but we have to do it." Kind of like, "Please don't throw me in the briar patch." And the reason I say that is not because the Biden administration wants to enforce immigration law, they couldn't care less, but it's politically hurting them. It was before Kabul, the main weakness the president had. Of course, now there's all kinds of, you know, things are falling apart for him all over. But I think they may want to, um, you know, sort of stop the bleeding, at least in this one area. And so I think it's entirely possible kicking and screaming they will reinstate the program for real um, in order to reduce the numbers. And I think this month you may actually see the numbers go down a little bit already. DHS put out a statement to the Department of Homeland Security on the Supreme Court uh, decision. The Department of Homeland Security respectfully disagrees with the district court's decision and regrets that the Supreme Court declined to issue a stay. 
DHS has appealed the district court's order and will continue to vigorously challenge it as the appeal process continues. However, DHS will comply with the order in good faith. So they're saying, Mark, that they will actually. DHS is saying, all right, we're not entirely lawless. The lower court, we don't think, got it right. The Supreme Court also doesn't get it right in their minds by intervening at this stage to tell the lower court, no, you're wrong, right? So that's, that's where it stands right now. But is, exactly. isn't this on, doesn't this turn on a, what is it, arbitrary and capricious administrative procedure issue? I mean, how do you think the Supreme Court, when it actually gets to this, is going to view this? Well, there's two issues, not to get too much in the weeds here, but part of it is, as you suggested, that they didn't jump through the right hoops, that they didn't consider the cost to Texas and Missouri, who filed the lawsuit, of ending Remain in Mexico. Um, and But that's only one part of it. The other part of what the judge said is, look, even if you jump through the hoops, you can't just let everybody go when you catch them at the border. I mean, it's illegal. The law says that an illegal immigrant who says the magic asylum words um, has to you know, have his day in court, but he needs to either be held in detention or made to wait outside the country. That's it. You can't just let them go. You can let individual people one by one go if there's some compelling reason for that individual to be released. This administration is just letting everybody, not everybody, but the majority of people arrested by the Border Patrol last month were let go into the United States. We're not gonna see them again. And the judges said, like I said, both the process problem was wrong, the jumping through the hoops, but even the policy itself, the judges said, look, that's not what the law lets you do. Congress may change it, but until they do, you need to follow the law. The border situation, just give us a, an overview of what it looks like right now. I mean, what is, I mean, you mentioned people being released in. <clears throat> I, Mark, it seems to almost defy belief at some level that the border could be as wide open as it is with as many people uh, funneling into the United States. And there's very little media coverage of it. It seems like there's, to say there's no urgency from the Biden administration to deal with it is an understatement. This now feels like it's just the status quo. Is there any way that our open border status quo changes in your mind between now and the midterm elections? Uh, you know, it could be if the Biden administration does follow through on reinstituting Remain in Mexico, that would make a big difference, except, and there's a wrinkle here people don't consider, Mexico only agreed to take back before under Trump as part of this Remain in Mexico program, people from Central America. Uh, that was fine two years ago. The problem is now word has gotten out about Biden's invitation to come across the border that literally 30% of all the people arrested at the border last month were not from the three countries of Central America. They were from Brazil and Chile. They were from Haiti. They were from Mauritania. We had a guy down in Central America talking to Mauritanian illegal aliens headed to the border. Mexico didn't agree to take those people back before. So even if the Biden people actually fully reinstate the way Remain in Mexico worked, the program worked under Trump, it might not have as much of an effect as people think. And so my point here is things at the border may get a little less bad, and I think they probably will, but it's still disastrous, even if it's a little less disastrous than it is now.
Mark, I'm just wondering if you could give us a sense also of where does interior enforcement of immigration stand right now? Are, are the, where are we with deportations? What interior? What is interior enforcement? Can yeah, you explain that for me? Because this administration has said they will not deport anybody uh, who's an illegal immigrant unless they've been convicted of a particularly heinous crime. And they, the president specifically said, drunk driving conviction should not mean that you as an illegal immigrant who's deportable, even if you don't do anything, should be deported. So there is no, I mean, meaningful interior enforcement. It's just not happening. That's absolutely stunning. Mark, always appreciate the expertise, man. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. As we discussed earlier in the program, thousands of refugees are currently struggling to flee Afghanistan, many bound for U.S. shores. Up next, former senior advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, Steve Cortez, explains why he believes that Afghans should not be allowed refuge in the United States, even if they were initially promised that they should get refuge. But first, I want to remind you about my friends at My Digital Money. It seems like everyone wants to invest in cryptocurrency, but it's not easy to get started. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. we got Steve Cortez up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Since the Taliban seized the Afghan capital on August 14th, more than 70,000 people have been evacuated, only 4,000 of those being American citizens and their family members. The majority of evacuees have been Afghan nationals, some of whom will likely make their way to America. Not everyone is eager to accept this influx of Afghan refugees. Former senior aide to President Trump, Steve Cortez, offered his take in the National Pulse, writing, Migration to the United States should exist for one purpose only, to enhance the prosperity and security of existing American citizens, whether native-born or legally naturalized. In a time of pandemic and a fast-rising economic anxiety, the present is no time to welcome vast amounts of refugees into America, many of whom will require enormous resources from taxpayers. So 
Is he correct? Does our country need an added influx of migrants? And do we have an obligation to some of these migrants? We'll deal with that right now with our friend Steve Cortez. He's the host of Cortez and Pellegrino on Newsmax. He's with us now. Steve, appreciate it. Good to see you. You bet. Thanks for having me, Buck. So explain this to me, Steve. We have, uh, there's obviously a, a chaos and mayhem over there. I think you and I would agree that the first priority has to be, and, and it is not for the Biden administration to be clear yet, it doesn't seem to be the case that it is based on the statements that are being made, getting Americans, all Americans safely out of that country. Uh, but it, it seems that you're, you're also of the mindset that we should not take these special immigrant visa applicants, uh, I'm sorry, recipients, and bring them to America. Why, why do you feel that way? Explain this one to me. Sure. Well, first of all, I don't think this is a time for America to be welcoming migrants from anywhere. OK, I just as a blanket statement, I think that is right now would be a sensible policy for us to take a pause on even legal migration, certainly illegal migration. And we should not be in the business of looking for new categories of migrants generally, but specifically to migrants from Afghanistan. And I listen, I do absolutely believe that we have a moral obligation to offer protection and refuge to people who took significant risks on behalf of the United States. I think that refuge should be provided in the region. We have a lot of military bases there. We have allies. Uh, countries that share the faith and culture of these Afghanis themselves. I think they should be resettled there temporarily, at least, um, if they want refuge. But in terms of bringing them to the United States, as I lay out in my article, I think there are two key reasons that we do not want a wave of, of, of migration from Afghanistan coming here. The first one is the experience of Europe with a large wave of Afghani migration that really started in 2015. And the results for Europe, it's not polite to talk about. A lot of people there even don't like talking about it. But the reality is, of sexual assault, of systemic sexual assault from right. Afghani men so, committed Steve, can against- we, Could we separate out, I mean, there's, there's mass migration as in just everybody who wants to come to America, hop on a plane, but that's not what the SIV program is about. The SIV program is for Afghans who specifically qualified for taking risks themselves alongside often American soldiers. I, I knew some of these interpreters. I worked with some of these interpreters. We promised them under U.S. law, I mean, the United States government said, if you are an SIV, put aside whether we should just take everybody who wants to leave Afghanistan, that's not the case that we're talking about here, although we could discuss whether that could happen down the line. On SIVs specifically, why shouldn't the U.S. government make good on its promise? I mean, isn't, isn't the word of Uncle Sam supposed to mean something? Well, the, the promise was never that you could become an American citizen. That, that was never promised, that you could green settlement. It's great. You get resettlement. In the, no, no, no. I'm saying, hold on. I'm backing up before. I'm saying the SIV was a mistake. I'm saying that the promise when, when we hired people to be interpreters, we never made a promise that, by the way, if things get rough, you get to come to the United States and we will pay for you to come to the United States and become either a permanent resident or a citizen. That, that was never a deal. What, what do you, what, make that what do you deal. think the promise? What do you think the promise was, Steve? I and mean, what do you think the SIV program is supposed to do? No, no. Again, I'm, I'm not arguing with you on the SIV part of it. I'm saying that was a mistake, the SIV program. I think that okay. we have a moral obligation to help people. We don't have a moral obligation to bring them to the United States just because they worked on our behalf. Um, and by the way, I would also say this, even if we made that promise, we know from our experience in Afghanistan that among people who were completely, in our, in our estimation, were completely vetted, people who were literally fighting alongside Americans, people in Afghan forces, Afghan police, yeah. people who were contractors for the American 
military, we still know that green on blue crime, insider attacks, where they would literally turn their guns on Americans and even more so on their fellow Afghani uh, citizens and their fellow Afghani fighters. This has been a systemic problem there okay. for many, many years. And, and that's a real thing, but just so I'm clear, so we're separating out, so when you're in your article, you're talking about no mass migration, you just mean that as a general issue, but going again to the people that are trying to show their paperwork at Kabul airport right now and be evacuated, who have the paperwork that says the U.S. government promised me and my family that if we work along your soldiers or along your diplomats for now the 20-year war in Afghanistan, you're okay with those individuals being brought to the United States, or you don't want any of them being no, brought to the United States? No Afghanis at all should be coming to the United States. And by the way, you mentioned a key part of it, which is the family. We mm. don't know anything about the family. We, we, we have no idea who their family members are. So even if we think we know who the SIV applicant is or recipient is, even if we think that that person is safe, in almost all cases it's a man, if we think that man is safe to bring to the United States, we have no idea what his family uh, is all about. I mean, about. some people have been going no. through the process already for months, if not okay. years, of the U.S. The government trying to process, process their paperwork. I mean, look. 150 Americans were killed by, uh, by friendly fire, essentially. It's not really the correct term because that means it's our own forces, but were killed by insider attacks in Afghanistan. Uh, at one point in So we leave the Turks, so I just want to be clear, so we leave the Turks behind. That's, that's, the, we leave them in Afghanistan. I'm sorry, no. we, we find somewhere else for them, but not America. Correct. But who, who, so Correct. who takes them? I think that Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, I think all of these regional allies of ours, again, would be far better equipped to try to handle this kind of an influx. By the way, my preference would be that they actually stay there and fight for their country, that they actually stay, these are mostly young men, that they stay and fight for the kind of country they want to create. Now, again, I don't think we can compel that upon Steve, anybody. Steve, you ever been downrange? You ever been downrange with any of these interpreters? No. Okay. All right, man. I, look, I appreciate it. It's an interesting point of view from you. And uh, we'll continue to debate how we should best handle what is a Biden administration catastrophe. But for right now, man, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for writing the article. And we'll have you back soon. We'll talk more about this. By next week, we'll know how bad it actually gets. Okay. Thank you, Biden. Thank you. A video that has gone viral shows a man stranded in Afghanistan slamming President Biden over his botched withdrawal from the region. We'll play you shocking video after the break. But first, how much equity do you have in your home? 50,000? 100,000? More? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes. Next, they'll pull your home's online title forge your signature stating you sold your home, and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset, register your address now to see if you're already a victim, and receive a complete title history of your home, a $100 value, free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. We got quick hits coming up next. Stay right there. Oregon Governor Kate Brown is now chugging the Kool-Aid and one Washington state public school is making unvaccinated students wear ankle monitors. Yeah, you know, like, like criminals. Uh, let's get to it in, in quick hits. Let's first start, if we can, with this is, this is like the Mona Lisa of crazy lockdown lives uh, moment. This is, this is iconic. 
Let's, let's just take a, a trip down memory lane for a second. Mask out outside never made any sense. Uh, there was never any data to support this. In fact, very early on in the pandemic, there was a large study. Yes, it was out of China, but no reason to believe that this study is incorrect. A large study that showed that out of thousands of confirmed cases of COVID spread, maybe a handful, maybe one or two, happened outside. They couldn't even prove that. So it's basically, unless you're actually having spittle in someone's face, unless you're, you're speaking right into their face and in that kind of close contact, it's impossible that you're going to get COVID outside, more or less. But we still have a lot of people that have been masking for months and maybe now 18 months, including masking outside. You'll see outdoor mask wearing right now as I'm talking to you in New York City. Plenty of it. Not everybody, but there's a lot of it out there. The CDC said this wasn't necessary. The CDC has even admitted, yeah, outdoor mask wearing is probably not something that needs to be done. But if you're a lockdowner, I mean, if you're a true devotee of the religion of Fauciism, you don't care about facts and data. You talk about facts and data, but you don't actually care about those things. You want people to obey. You want them to bend the knee. To bend the knee. You want them to be compliant and to show you that compliance. Nothing is better than a mask outside. So Oregon governor and high priestess of, Fau of Fauciism, Kate Brown, has now announced, yes, that's right, friends, outdoor mask mandates even for the vaccinated in her state. Today, I'm announcing that effective Friday, August 27th, masks will be required in all public outdoor settings where physical distancing is not possible, regardless of vaccination status. Masks have proven to be effective at reducing transmission and are a necessary measure right now, even in some outdoor settings, to help us fight COVID and to protect one another. Masks have actually not proven to be an effective measure. It's just not true. Look at all the data. Look at all the mask mandates, places that have it, places that don't. Doesn't make a difference. Masks have not done what they told us they would do. Any person can plainly see this, and yet we still have to go through the nonsense. We still have to hear the piles of malarkey. It's just absurd, friends. It really is. It's just absurd. But this is what we are dealing with. This is the kind of craziness that is out there right now at this stage of the pandemic. Oh, speaking of which, Washington public schools have forced, I, this, I always couldn't believe this was real, unvaccinated students have to wear ankle monitors. The ankle monitoring program for unvaccinated teens was allegedly designed for contact tracing in the event of a positive COVID test of a student. The device was created for the purpose of maintaining social distancing guidelines and provide a visual and audible alarm so individuals know when to adjust their current distance to a proper social distance. I mean, this is totally bonkers. They're putting ankle monitors on kids to make sure that proper social distancing is, have, is happening or else an alarm is going to go off. It's like we've looked into a dystopian COVID future and the libs have said, yeah, let's give that a shot. All the worst things, all the parts of 1984 that we're supposed to avoid, the libs are thinking to themselves, you know what? I'm scared of COVID, so let's give it all a shot. Let's go for it. That's what I think we see happening here. Honestly, I do. And then we have a man stranded in Afghanistan. This, this has gone, uh, this has gotten a lot of attention, this clip. 
straight into Afghanistan, and he's just straight up slamming Biden, the Biden administration, over what is the biggest calamity in the news cycle right now, the biggest uh, catastrophe unfolding on the world stage. Here's what he said. Amid the chaos, we were shown two children apparently left behind when their parents were among the few to be admitted here. Mr. Biden, you did this, you planned this, you made the deal with the Taliban. This is the consequences of it. This is the repercussions of it. Mr. Biden, it's your ill calculation. You were against Trump, now we are against you. Go to hell, Biden! People are upset, understandably so. Look, let's just be very clear. We hope that every American citizen and every person that was promised safe harbor by the U.S. government gets out of that country before they're left in the hands of the Taliban and suffer a terrible fate, most likely a cruel and terrible fate. Uh, so we are rooting for the Biden administration's success in this evacuation, no question about it. We want the Biden administration to be as efficient as possible in getting Americans out of Afghanistan and are praying to that end. But it is looking like it's going to be a very close fought thing right now. And there's certainly gonna to need to be some accountability for this after the fact, because. This shows you, this Biden team, they just can't get it done. Don't know what they're doing. Don't have the skill set, don't have the leadership. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is coming up. Shields high. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.